Welcome to church, everybody. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. We have an incredible time prepared for you. Before we jump into the message, I want to take just a moment to say how much I love you, how much I care for you, and that I've been praying for you during this incredibly hard time. I also want you to know that if you or your family is in need, you can just simply email help at onehopechurch.com and our team will be alerted and we will show up and do the best we can to serve you during this time. Huge shout out to the serve team and our staff for all the extra work they've been doing to show up for our community. I also want you to know that we're going to be back in person next Sunday, September 19th for in-person worship services We'll have power back and we'll get out of my dining room, everybody, okay? So I'm so excited about worshiping with you during this time. I also want you to know that today we're going to continue our Blueprint series. We're getting close to wrapping up this series, but I really felt that this series speaks to the current issues we are in and, and really helps us to build the foundation upon God's word. Here's what we've been saying over the last few weeks, that if you'll build your life upon the blueprint of God's word, you will be stronger and you'll weather storms like this. But when we drift from God's blueprint, when we let ourselves decline into uh, other things or we get distracted by other things, we stop focusing on the word of God, our emotional life declines, our health declines, our, our hope in this world declines. But what we've been saying every single week is that if you'll come back and you'll build your life upon the foundation of God's word, his blueprint will help you not to decline, but to do better in every area of your life. Our key verse for the series is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. It'll be on screen. Here's what it says. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. We have a blueprint that's building you and I into a spiritual house. If you've missed the earlier weeks of the series, let me give you a quick recap. Week one, we talked about being a house of prayer. Week two, we talked about being a house of worship. You need to develop prayer and worship in your life. Week three, we talked about being a spiritual family because you and I, we need one another. We are built to be together. That's why I can't wait to be back in person next Sunday with you because we, we need each other. We need to look into each other's eyes. We need to hug. We need to hold hands. We need to laugh together. And so we're coming back real soon. Last week in part four, after this crazy hurricane, Ida showed up. We talked about surviving and serving through this storm. The Bible has a blueprint for us on how to do those things. Now today, I want to talk to you about building a solid foundation, because I believe uh, with all of that's gone on in our lives, our foundations have been rocked. Before I go any further, I want to stop right where we are, and I want to pray and ask for the grace of God to lead us during this time. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the opportunity to share your word. God, I thank you for sparing our lives, for protecting us during this storm. God, we declare today that our hearts are open, our minds are ready for what you want to speak to us. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would encourage us and fill us with hope as we build a solid foundation today. We pray this all in Jesus' mighty name. 
We all said amen together. Amen and amen. Today, as I said just a moment ago, I want to help you to build a solid foundation. And the reason why is there's just so much instability all around us. I like to say it this way, that the only thing consistent right now is inconsistency. Everywhere you turn, there's a different level of instability, whether it's dealing with COVID-19, whether it's Hurricane Ida and now the recovery that's surrounding that, whether it's just trying to get power to your house or your family that had to go somewhere else to stay safe is now trying to get back home. There's just constant moving parts that if you're like me, leaves you feeling a little unstable. But I, I want you to also know today that with all the instability and with all the inconsistency and all the craziness, that the Bible has a blueprint for a foundation that will keep you from shaking during these storms. Our world is rocking back and forth, back and forth. But Jesus remains the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to take you to Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. Listen to what Jesus himself said. He says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. Anybody remember that over the last few weeks? The streams rose. That's happened. And the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone, Jesus also said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man or woman who built their house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew against and beat the house down. And it says it fell with a great crash. This passage is very telling to us. Jesus said, if you will hear these words, if you'll practice these words, some things will change. Take, take some notes with me. Here's a couple of observations from Matthew chapter 7. I think you already see them clearly, but I want you to, to see it even more clearly. I want you to understand that a weak foundation falls apart. This is what Jesus said. If you build your life on principles and values that are constantly moving, then your life is going to fall apart. But a solid foundation stands strong in the midst of every storm. So, so here's my question for you today. At what level is your life falling apart right now? At what level of fear are you letting decide what you're going to do and what you're not going to do? At what level do you feel like you just don't know what to do next? Could it be that you have some values and some principles that are not built upon the foundation of God's word? You're not following the blueprint. You're simply just doing what you've always done, doing what culture has told you to do. And now your life is just feeling overwhelming. It's feeling like fear is making every decision for you. What if you built a different foundation? What if you built a solid foundation built upon the words of God? Let me say it to you this way. A solid foundation is built by hearing and practicing biblical values. I've never hid this from you. I'm a little old school in this way, and that is we believe the Bible is the word of God and that everything we say and do is measured by that foundational principle, the word of God. So if we will hear the word today and we'll practice the word of God, 
What shows up is what the word of God promises. So 2 Timothy said, God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Do you feel as though your mind isn't sound? Well, maybe you're not accepting the love of God the way that you should. Maybe you're not looking to the love of God. You're looking to the fear that is in this world. There are countless principles. We could go on and on and on that create a foundation that's solid for our lives. But when we are built upon the sand, everything shakes. What I love about our church family is as we head towards turning seven years old this month, is that very early on, we, we identified values and principles that we would found One Hope Church on. And today what I want to do is give you six of the 12 foundational values of our church. I want to give you some of these because they're, they're simple to hear and understand, and they're easy to practice once you hear them. These are principles that will help you to build your life on a foundation that will not be moved, on a foundation that will withstand Hurricane Ida or any other storm that comes our way. I want to give you all six of them, so take some notes with me. And as always, you can download a PDF if you want to follow along that way and study these notes later. Here's the first foundational principle that makes sure your life is built upon the rock. Number one, Jesus is first. It sounds so simple. It's like, okay, pastor, you you say this all the time, but can I just say so much of our world is focused on someone else or something else. We believe that Jesus is first. We say it this way. We lift the name of Jesus high in every area of our lives. We believe that everything in our faith begins and ends with him. I don't know if you've noticed but our entire world is okay with talking about God, especially the little G-O-D. But when you begin to talk about Jesus, for whatever reason, it is a dividing line. It's okay right now to focus on any other religion, to promote any other religion. But when you stand for Jesus, there's something that stirs in the world. And I think it's the enemy that wants us to believe in all sorts of other little gods But I want you to know today, we're holding firm. Jesus is first. Why is he first? It's because he did things that no other religious leader ever considered. Jesus fulfilled hundreds of prophecies that are just mathematically impossible for any human to do. And yet Jesus fulfilled hundreds of prophecies that foretold his coming into the world. Think about today that that the way we literally even count our time and we say it's 2021 is based upon when Jesus lived and when Jesus died. I also think about the countless historical miracles that have been accounted for and we see miracle after miracle after miracle that simply declared us that Jesus wasn't just another prophet or just another good guy or a cool, you know, he's my, <laughs> he's my homie, as some people like to say these days. No, no, Jesus isn't your homie. He's the son of God and savior of the world. Can I get an amen from somebody today, right? We believe he is who he said he is. And there are only two options in the world. There are only two options. To believe that all of this is a cosmic accident or Jesus is first. Either everything about your life is an evolutionary accident or Jesus is who he said he is. 
I like how he said it in John chapter 14 and verse 6. Jesus told them, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. First principle that you've got to found your life on is Jesus is first. You aren't first. Your spouse isn't first. Your job isn't first. The church isn't first. Jesus is first. Listen, I love you. I hope you love me. Jesus Jesus has to be first. Here's the second foundational principle that we, we built our entire community on, and these get a lot more fun to preach, can I tell you? And they, they help us to kind of keep the joy in our culture. Here's the second one. Take some notes. Uh, we believe that authenticity trumps perfection. There's this kind of false idea in the world that people have to be perfect, that people have to have it all together. But today, I just want you to know we like real people. We built our foundation upon authenticity. What you see is what you get around here. Here's how we say it. We exemplify authentic faith that inspires honesty, connection, and camaraderie. Being real is most important. I don't want to show up one day and pretend. I don't want to show up one day and you meet me for coffee and say, well, wow, you're not the same guy that's on the stage. Can I tell you, if you meet me for coffee this week, you're going to meet a fired up person. I'm passionate about what I do. And you're going to meet somebody that's going to be saying, go saints later on today. You're going to meet somebody who's passionate for our hometown right here, New Orleans, Louisiana. You're going to find somebody that wants you to see the real person. I also want you to know that we believe in authenticity so much that I'm gonna keep telling bad jokes and you're gonna have to keep feeling obligated to laugh at them, all right? You're gonna have to, you're gonna have to play along because this is who I am. But I also want you to know when it comes to authenticity that it's okay to not just laugh or have fun and be authentically yourself, but if you're hurting today, if you're feeling depressed or down, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to walk in and say, hey, I'm really struggling right now. Would you pray with me? Would you stand with me? I need you to understand authenticity doesn't put on a mask. Authenticity just says, here's who I really am. Here's what I'm going through. And when we do that, God meets us in a special way. The writer of Proverbs Proverbs chapter 24 and 26. I, I love how he, he says it in the message translation. He says an honest answer or an authentic answer. It's like a warm hug. What a simple line. There's something about authenticity that just feels warm. It's like, man, what's different about who you are? Well, we're real. My faith in Jesus is real. Jesus is first. Authenticity trumps perfection. Number three, we believe that life-giving is the only way. You say, well, pastor, what do you mean life-giving is the only way? Well, well let me define it for you because life-giving has a very simple definition. Life-giving is the opposite of life-sucking. That's what it is. And we've all had these moments where we felt like, man, this job is just sucking the life out of me or that person is just sucking the life out of me. No, no. Scripture tells us that a relationship with Jesus is life-giving, that everywhere you go, you sense there's just life there. Here's how we say it. We will be known for what we are for, not what we are against. We lead with grace and enjoy our faith. We like to laugh and have a good time and 
Make sure that what we're doing is making a difference. I even think about how much we like to laugh that I always got to bring you just a, a little joke that you wouldn't expect. And here's one that I found this week that made me laugh out loud. And here, here, here you go. It says, if, if Eve sacrificed the human race for an apple, what would she have done for a snowball, y'all? <laughs> I think she probably would have messed everything up for a snowball with a little bit of condensed milk on top, all right? So, so here, here's what I'm saying to you, and that is that we think that when you bring life to a situation, it's encouraging and hope-filled. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 20 says, by his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. Jesus opened the way for our religion to be life-giving. This is a big deal because so much religion is based upon the rules and the structure. And, and, and I think about some of my family I grew up, it's just do and don't, do and don't. It's all these rules that just suck the life out. What if we just had an authentic relationship with Jesus and it was life-giving? That's our foundational principle, number three. It helps us to keep ourselves outside of the suck. It keeps us into the life-giving relationship with God. I've got just a few more. I want you to stay focused on a foundation that will help you weather the storm. Our fourth is, is, is to honor above all. This is a big deal right now because so many people are hurting. We want to honor the image of God that they bear. So we honor them whether they're young, we honor them whether they're old, we honor them whether they're right, whether they're from our political party or not our political party, we honor all people because they are made in the image of God. Here's how we say it, we believe that every person has value and every stage of life has purpose. We work hard to honor those before us and to inspire everyone following after us. So gone are the days of people saying that's a young church or that's an old church, that's a black church, that's a white church, that's a hypocritical church. No, no, no. We honor all people for where they are and what they're going through and we help them through that area of their lives. We manage our mouths to speak with honor. We, we honor our grandparents. We honor our parents. We, we honor young people who are leading. We do all that we can to build a culture of honor. Romans chapter 12 and 10 says it this way, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. He said, you gotta, you gotta find the joy in honoring people right where they are. You gotta find the joy in just saying, you know what, I see the good in you and I'm gonna honor the image of God in your life. This week, on your behalf, so many of our serve teams have gone out to help those who couldn't help themselves. I myself had the privilege of going to a number of family homes and, and serving right alongside our serve team. And I think about an elderly couple in our church who lost power and was trying to make it on their own. And they, they even had another family member staying with them and no air conditioning, no power, nearly 80 years old. And we had the opportunity on your behalf, One Hope, to show up with a generator and with gasoline and with a, a window unit just to make sure that they could live comfortably. 
We had others in St. John Parish who were in a similar stage of life who everything was wrecked and we were able to house them in a safe place for a few weeks. We were able to, to make sure they had all the resources they need because of who you are and what you've done. And I want you to know that that comes out of a heart to honor those who have less, to honor those who have more, to honor those who are older or younger, regardless of their stage of life. We just honor. I just want to say a big thank you for serving and giving so that we could take care of those families. I've got two more, and then we're going to wrap up and pray together. Here's our fifth foundational principle for this week. We believe that growing is our only option. Growing is our only option. We say it this way. We ask questions always. We endeavor to learn it all and never know it all. We will change and adapt to reach people because heaven and hell are realities. I want you to know that a small church is an easy church. A small church is one that we can just focus on. You're happy and I'm happy and I could fish a whole lot more often than I do right now. But a large church, it it has some challenges. You know why? Because we're constantly reaching new people who've got issues. You may say, well, pastor, I don't have any issues. Yes, you do. The fact that you think you don't have an issue is your issue. We all, we all got problems. We all got situations. We all got circumstances that are overwhelming. But we believe that we have to be a culture that's growing not only in character, but it's growing in number because heaven and hell are realities. And listen, why would we allow anyone, anyone to even get close to hell? Why would we let anyone pay for their own sins if Jesus has paid the price for their sins. I want you to know that we're doing everything we can to invite people in to our home. Last year, 2020, crazy pandemic, our church engagement grew over 40%. That blows my mind. Why is that? I think it's because of our culture. I think it's because of our foundation that we believe that growing and reaching people is our only option. Jesus said it this way in Luke chapter 14, verse 23. He said, his master said, go into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. We're building a spiritual house together and we want our house to be full so that we can honor God and make sure that we plunder hell and populate heaven. This is our goal. Our last for today, number six, is that we believe that God has called us all to go all in. We're all in kind of people. I often say this about myself, that it's either a go or don't go situation. I don't have a middle gear. I'm either stopped or I'm running at 100%. I'm a pretty passionate person going all out. Listen, I think what you need to hear today is that you can't half, you can't halfway this with God. You're going to have to go all in with God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your might, with all of your strength, with all of your money, with all of your family, with all that you are. A half-hearted approach to God doesn't get anything from Him. But a wholehearted approach, it draws His attention. We say it this way, that we understand the blessing of tithing, giving and receiving so that the world can see the heart of God. We lead the way by giving to encourage 
everyone. We give of our time. We give of our talent. We give of our treasure because we're all in. We kind of live in a world right now that just wants to take. Everybody wants a handout. Everybody uh, wants more than probably we all deserve. But I want you to know that rather than living a consumer mindset, that God has called us to live with a contributor mindset. He's called us to, to go all in with all of our lives. And if right now you say, well, pastor, finances, it's just what I don't have, but you've got time. You say, well, you know, I don't have that much time. I, I can't go and serve, but I can give. Well, well then give. You say, well, I, I really don't have a ton of time and I don't have a lot of treasure to give, but, but I've got some talents. And if you'll give me a short amount of time, I can make a difference. Listen, regardless of what you have to give, when you go all in, God is honored. God sees the generosity of your heart. He sees that you're not holding back and the people around you will be touched by your generosity. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter three, verse nine, honor the Lord with your wealth. Wealth isn't just money. Wealth is all that God has given you. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Think about it. If you honor the Lord up front, there'll always be more. You'll always overflow. Can I tell you, over 23 years of pastoring, I've never been without. God has been faithful. Over 25 years of tithing and honoring God with my finances. And listen, we've done some pretty big things. We've cashed out to plant a church. We've cashed out to follow the calling of God. And God has always been faithful because when you're all in, so is God. He's all in with you. Today, as we prepare to close, let me just say to you, that I already believe so many of you are all in. To the churches that gave generously for relief over the last two weeks, to the individuals who stepped up to serve just hour after hour after hour. Some of you have never worked a chainsaw before and you learned how to work one. You've been carrying limbs and tarping roofs. I, I just need you to hear this. I, I believe you're already all in. But if you've been considering stepping back, or if you've been already stepping back for a while and you're wondering why your foundation is shaking, could it be that you've withdrawn from God and you aren't, you're, you just aren't all in like you should be? Today, I'm asking you to go all in with God. I'm asking you to follow him with all of your heart. As we close today, would you bow with me right there where you're watching? If you're listening, just, just focus your attention on God. As we close today, if you're far from God for any reason, this is your opportunity to go all in. Maybe fear is in the way. Maybe circumstance is in the way. Today, the Bible says you're one prayer away from reconciling yourself to God where you don't have to pay the penalty for your sin. You can simply trust God. Would you bow with me? Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're far from God for any reason, would you whisper this prayer? Say these words with me. Lord Jesus, I'm giving you my life. And I'm asking you to be my Lord and my Savior. God, would you forgive me for my sin? Would you forgive me for trying to live this life on my own? And God, would you give me the power 
to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name.